As they led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country, and they laid the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A great number of the people followed him, and among them were women who were beating their breasts and wailing for him. But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and your children. For the days are surely coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do this when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others also, who were criminals, were led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. While the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. When the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God and said, Certainly this man was innocent. Then the criminal who was dying on the cross alongside Jesus uttered his last words. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. As famous last words go, they're pretty good. After all, not everyone will get their final words recorded in the Bible. A slight digression. I spent a few minutes looking up other famous last words, and I wonder if you can guess or know who said these. 
Friends applaud. The comedy is finished. Does anybody know who said that? It was Beethoven. Another one. Tomorrow I shall no longer be here. Anybody know that one? That was Nostradamus. Whose last words were, I'm bored with it all. Winston Churchill. Last one. I should never have switched from scotch to martinis. Anyone know that one? Humphrey Bogart. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Well, we don't know his name or his crime, merely that he died alongside Jesus and that he had a moment of profound insight as he faced the hour of his death. I don't know if you've given much thought to what happens when you die. It's one of those things that personally, on the whole, I try not to think about too often. I mean, I am aware that one day I shall, as Shakespeare put it in Hamlet's great soliloquy on death, shuffle off this mortal coil. But what then? What next? Some might say that we go straight to heaven, and they might be right. Some say that we go to limbo or to hell, and I'm less sure that they're right. But I'm still none the wiser as to what it all really means. Because I'm not sure I really know what heaven is anyway, even if I have faith that I'm going to go there. As Jesus replied to the Pharisees when they asked him their trick question about what would happen to the one bride for seven brothers, he said, it's not like that. I'm paraphrasing him slightly. It seems to me that a healthy agnosticism about the nature of the afterlife, being prepared to say we don't really know, is both biblical and Christ-like. Sometimes not quite being sure is infinitely preferable to being very sure. And some of the most terrifying Christians that I've met over the years are those who have certainty about where people are going or are not going when they die. Better, surely, to trust to God's love and mercy and then live in the light of that. As Jesus did say, God is God, not of the dead, but of the living. For to him, all of them are alive. That's Luke chapter 20. And so we come back to the last words of the criminal on the cross and Jesus' reply. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And I've been wondering this week, as I've been preparing this sermon, what it might mean for us to be remembered by Jesus. What does it mean for us to exist eternally in the memory of God?
who enters into our humanity in Jesus, who dies our death and never forgets any of it. There is a way of thinking about death that sees our souls fluttering away from our bodies like caged birds set free, flying up to heaven to be with Jesus, possibly on a cloud. But the problem with this is that it owes far more to the ancient philosophy known as dualism than it does to the Jewish Christian tradition. Dualism, you see, suggests that there is a fundamental separation between our souls and our bodies, and that our bodies are merely temporary homes for the eternal spark that is our souls. And whilst this is a very ancient way of looking at things, coming from Greek philosophy and the teachings of Plato, it isn't something that we find clearly in the Christian scriptures. You kind of have to read it in if you're going to see it there. The Jewish tradition from which Christianity emerged has a far more unified view of the human person. We are not a mortal body containing an immortal soul, but rather each of us is a person, body and soul in unity, created and loved entirely and eternally by God. So when we die, it is the entirety of our being that enters into God's eternity. It is all of who we are and have been that is remembered by God. In his first letter to the Corinthians, Paul spoke of the resurrection body being like a plant that grows from a seed that is sown into the ground. The physical body, the body we have in this life, is like the seed. And the physical death that we must all face is the action of being cast into the ground. And the resurrection we share with Christ is both as continuous yet different as the beautiful flower which grows from a tiny seed. As Paul says, it is sown a physical body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a physical body, then there is also a spiritual body. That's 1 Corinthians 15. This is not some dualistic discontinuity. Rather, who we are in eternity is in direct continuity with who we are temporally. Our eternal existence, our spiritual body, is as unrecognisably different as the plant is from the seed. But it is still the same being. We do not cast off our earthly bodies to get new ones in heaven. Rather, who we are eternally arises directly from who we are today. And so I think we're back at the criminal's last words from the cross. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. John Polkinghorne, the brilliant physicist and Anglican clergyman, uh, he's someone who's offered some profound insights into the unity of spirituality and quantum physics. And there aren't many people who claim both of those as specialities, but he does. He once said, 
I believe it is a perfectly coherent hope that the pattern that is me will be remembered by God and its instantiation will be recreated by God when God reconstitutes me in a new environment of God's choosing. In other words, without some of the long words, who we are is remembered by God and held fast eternally by God as part of God's creative, dynamic being. God remembers us. And everyone who has ever lived has a place in God's mind. In his second letter to the Corinthians, Paul speaks of those who follow Christ as being in Christ. The Greek word here is en Christo. And he says, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. We are in God through Christ. If we are in Christ, we are in God. We are remembered by God at the hour of our death, just as Jesus remembered the criminal dying on the cross alongside him. Nothing is lost. Everything is redeemed. All sins are forgiven. And eternity is ours. As we remember the death of Jesus, as we did last night here, through broken bread and shared wine, so he remembers us when we come to our moment of greatest weakness. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Truly I tell you, Today, you will be with me in paradise. God of the cross, we gather today with the great multitude of disciples across time and space to look up into the face of our crucified Messiah. Today is the day when we confront death in all its stark reality recognizing that where you have already gone, we too will one day follow. Jesus, remember us when you come into your kingdom. We remember all those who today face the reality of death. We commit to your loving care those who are nearing the end of their lives through age, illness, and infirmity. And we think, particularly of those known to us who are drawing near to the end. Be with them, we pray, and may they know the comfort of your eternal love, which transcends death. Jesus, remember us when you come into your kingdom. We remember all those who live in constant fear for their lives, for those whose daily routine includes bombs and guns, intimidation and terror. We pray for those for whom life is cheap and for those for whom the cost of survival is too high. Be with those for whom life is uncertain and be present to those who do not know if they can carry on. May they know the comfort of your eternal love which transcends death. 
and we give thanks for those who bring healing and peace into a world of darkness and for those who offer hope to the hopeless. Jesus, remember us when you come into your kingdom. We remember those who mourn, who live daily with the pain of loss, and we pray for those whose loved ones are dying, for those who care for partners with terminal illness, and for those living with dementia. May they find comfort in the security of your eternal love which transcends death and never, ever forgets us. God of the cross, we offer you our prayers in the certain knowledge of your great love. Amen. <laughs>